This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. Paul Zimmerman was a renaissance man of sports, eloquent, prolific, with a wide range of interests. He's probably best known for his writing in Sports Illustrated. No longer with us, Zimmerman passed away three years ago. He began working on a book in 2006, but a series of strokes in 2008 left him unable to finish. Thankfully, his friend and fellow sports writer, Peter King, completed the task. For me, Paul Zimmerman wasn't just somebody I read. About 20 years ago, I reached out to him. I told him how much I enjoyed reading his work, and I also mentioned that I was an old-school football fan. I didn't stop there. Audaciously, I shared the names of players on my all-time NFL team. I didn't expect a response, but I got one and more. Zimmerman wrote back to me in a two-page typewritten letter. Included was a list of his favorite local restaurants. I didn't know until then that Zimmerman and his wife lived but 15 minutes away from me. What I also didn't know at the time was that my letter would lead to a back and forth that I'll always appreciate and never forget. While Zimmerman and I agreed on many of our all-time selections, Zimmerman had other strong opinions. For example, he believed that you should only choose players you saw play the game. He also didn't put much stock in how many times a player made the Pro Bowl, which he saw as a popularity contest. I learned that Zimmerman began charting games and evaluating players in 1947, his approach was very much like an avid baseball fan who keeps a scorecard of every game he or she watches. But Zimmerman was more than a fan. He was a student of the game, having played the game at Stanford and Columbia Universities and later in a semi-pro league. Zimmerman put making an all-time list this way. Picking an all-time team is fun for some people. I take it very seriously. So where did Zimmerman and I settle? At quarterback, he chose Johnny Unitas as the best quarterback under the old rules, and Joe Montana as the best under the new rules. We agreed there. Zimmerman then chose Otto Graham as number three, while I chose Sammy Baugh as my number three. I have Graham as number six, In truth, both players were before my time, so I made my choices based on what I've read, researched, and seen in films. At running back, Zimmerman picked Jim Brown as number one. I did not argue there, but I also gave him a list of the greats I'd seen in action. Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, and Tony Dorsett. They were all top-notch backs, he said, but anyone can make a list of great backs. You need to break it down and be more specific. 
He had Marion Motley as his number one fullback, a player who was not only a punishing runner, but a great blocker too, perhaps the best of all time at picking up the blitz. Hall of Fame coach Weeb Eubank put it this way, Motley took the romance out of the blitz. Earl Campbell was his choice as the best short yardage back, while Hugh McElhenney ranked number one as his best third down back. At wide receiver, we both agreed that Jerry Rice is the best receiver in the last 50 years. But what made him the best? Well, there's his work ethic and training and during practice, and Rice excelled at yards after catch. Zimmerman added more based on an interview he had conducted with Rice. Rice gave credit to quarterbacks Joe Montana and Steve Young. He told Zimmerman, I gained so many yards after the catch because I never had to break stride when catching the ball. Steve wasn't far behind Joe, but I can't ever remember a time when Joe didn't put the ball exactly where it was supposed to be. I never had to reach for the ball, which allowed me to catch the ball on the run. I knew the ball was going to be there. I had so much confidence in both Joe and Steve. Zimmerman concluded that Jerry Rice was the best receiver ever at running a shallow crossing route. From my perspective, even though I never saw him playing as prime, I believe Lance Orworth is one of the greatest receivers to play the game. What did Zimmerman think? Allworth was the best deep threat I have ever seen play. Allworth's coach, Sid Gilman, said, Allworth was so confident in his ability to get open that he wanted the ball thrown to him on every play. Raymond Berry retired before I started watching football, but I always ranked him very high on my best wide receivers list. Zimmerman agreed. Berry was the best possession receiver I ever saw play. He seldom dropped a pass, and that's before receivers started wearing gloves. Although he was well before my time, another guy I had high on my list was Don Hudson. And Hudson is the only player on Paul Zimmerman's best ever list that he didn't actually see play the game. I'd see plenty of highlight films of him, said Zimmerman, but that wasn't good enough for me. So I flew out to the Green Bay Packers facility to see actual game footage of Hudson. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. The guy was making circus catches and putting up numbers that no one else at that time was even close to matching. Like most players of the era, he also played defense. He was an excellent defensive back, and he sometimes lined up at defensive end. One position where we disagreed was at tight end. My top four were John Mackey, Mike Ditka, Kellen Winslow, and Jackie Smith. Zimmerman wouldn't have it, though. Dave Casper was better than all of them, he said. He never dropped the ball and was an outstanding blocker. His career averaged 13.8 yards per catch, higher than almost any tight end playing today. He ranked John Mackey as a close second. 
In part two, we'll go over the best offensive and defensive linemen. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. The 2021 Professional Football Researchers Association Convention will be held at the Gold Jacket Lounge at the Pro Football Hall of Fame during the final weekend of June. Convention speakers will celebrate the 100th anniversary of the founding of the NFL. The fee for the convention is $50 for members and $100 for non-members. The fee includes admission to the convention and Pro Football Hall of Fame, meals on Friday evening and Saturday afternoon, and free parking. All convention activities are subject to COVID-19 protocols. For more details, Click on the 2021 PFRA convention link at profootballresearchers.org.